Hello there. You're listening to the Box Office Show. I'm Ryan Hill. And I'm Dylan Johnson. Today we're going to be talking about the box office numbers from last weekend and our box office predictions for this upcoming weekend. We'll also be looking back on 2021's highest grossing films, as well as revealing the results of our first box office draft. Very exciting. And then we'll be making our selections for the 2022 box office draft and wrap up by sharing our top five most anticipated list for the new year. Okay, we are going to skip over the news because we got a jam-packed show. We'll do a brief look at the box office breakdown for the weekend of January 28th to the 30th. And it's essentially the same list as the week before. Spider-Man coming out on top, number one, with 11 million. Scream with 7 million. That brings its domestic total to 62 and its worldwide total to 106. Sing 2 with 4.6 million. Redeeming Love with 1.7 million. The King's Man holding on to top five, 1.6 million. And the 355 with 1.3 million. Indeed. All right. Now we can jump into the results of our 2021 box office draft. And the way we can go through it is just go chronologically, listing off each film that came out and give its worldwide gross as of January 31st, 2022. So Dylan, do you want to start us off since you had the first film that came out from our rosters? I sure did. My first film was, the first film that came out was F9, which was one of mine, and it made worldwide $726,229,501. Indeed, and are you happy with that performance? Fuck yeah, I am, bro. That's (laughs) stellar. You thought it wouldn't make it to 700. I knew it fucking would that is true i was not anticipating it to get that high but it was able to get there one of your highest grocers so definitely solid performance out of the fast and furious franchise you can thank vin diesel yourself dylan send him a tweet let him know uh tell tell Dwayne to come back (laughs) yeah you you gotta rejoin the franchise (laughs) man we're doing so good it's a family thing could you imagine if Dwayne was in it would have been it would have gone even higher Dwayne, my children still call you Uncle Dwayne. <laughs> my children still call you Uncle Rock. Yeah, that was just crazy. But Dwayne Johnson, not a part of the Fast franchise any longer, trying to do right. his own thing, like Jungle Cruise, trying to start that franchise. And I thought, brilliant, Dwayne the Rock Johnson in this new film, something similar to Pirates of the Caribbean. This will be a smash hit. And then they said, oh, we're putting it on Disney Plus as well for one of those exclusive premiere things. So it only got 220 million worldwide. I'm very sad about that. Should have gone higher. Yeah, and it speaking have... of sad. What? Oh. I was gonna go to my next one. <laughs> yeah, that is a very it would sad have if, if it wasn't on Disney Plus, yeah. But speaking of sad, my next film that came out was the Suicide Squad, which made 167.4 million dollars which is disappointing to say the least it was released on hbo max and nobody went out to the theater to see it i guess including 
you. <laughs> yeah, and you, and you. That's true. Why well, was I was purposely trying to do that, but I didn't need to. Turns out <laughs> most people were just staying home, watching yeah, it on yeah. HBO Max, which is unfortunate because it was a good film. Like the original Suicide Squad made a bunch of money, and this one sadly did not. Sadly, was, yeah. Uh, but you had another film that came out that you were quite excited for or at least in terms of the roster you thought was going to pull in quite a bit of money Mm -hmm. talk about it shang chi and the legend of the ten rings it only made 432 million dollars which is disappointing Mm -hmm. very disappointing if it got a china release i think it would have made more but it didn't for a lot of very obvious reasons and that is disastrous but uh yeah I'm very sure disappointed you, in that number too. You did get a layup though with the month of September, where it was like the only major film. So that was good, but that's very yeah, true. Overseas, it did not get a lot of help because I believe it made something like 220 ish million domestically. So a majority of it was from yeah. the states. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Venom, Let There Be Carnage, my pick. Got five hundred and two million worldwide, which it also didn't get a China release, which I am so sad about because that would have added at least another hundred fifty million, possibly two hundred million to this. But alas, China was a whole wild card this year. We didn't anticipate. We thought COVID was going to be the thing that threw us for a loop. Turned out China, they were the ones that did it truly. So this only got five hundred two million, but I'm still very pleased with that. And it, it finally crossed the original gross of the original Venom domestically because mm-hmm. they did that re-release, which you yeah. didn't go out and see it. You never ended up seeing it, right? No, I never saw it. No so you, didn't, you didn't help push it across, but some people nope. went out and did it, and domestically it got 200-something million, so pretty good performance there. Uh, and then October, I remember being stacked. It came out, Venom, I think came out right after my next film, No Time to Die. Well, I guess it had to be before chronologically, but there's a weird thing where they were releasing overseas at different back. times. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was a whole thing. They were overlapping. Thankfully, they didn't uh, harm each other too much because No Time to Die got 774 million worldwide. Impressive. I'm very, very pleased about that. Just slightly beat out F9. Very impressive. Yeah, and that one was definitely thanks to overseas. Like, it was yeah. breaking records over in Europe, made it in the top five of the UK, which was really impressive given the pandemic. Uh, so definitely, definitely overseas helped out with that. And it only made 160-something million mm-hmm. domestically. So, yeah, thankfully, the overseas market came in. Yeah. Now, at this point, our totals are neck and neck. Uh, right after from time to die, around this point, a little bit before Eternals, I had one point three one seven billion in total, and you had one point four nine seven billion. So it's at this point, it's anyone's game, you know. It's true. It's yeah. So this game. is <laughs> the reason I put that in there is because if you remember, before the Eternals came out, we had a little update yeah. show. Yeah, we it did. was just our three films, but because like No Time to Die and Venom were still grossing, so at that point, you had more. I had like one point. Two billion. Mm-hmm. You had one point three, and I was like, I bet at the end of it, my three films that just came out are going to gross more than your three films, like for our first three each. 
Mm-hmm. And this proves it did happen. 1.49 over 1. Congratulations. 3. But you were right. It was still anyone's game. You never know what could happen. I mean, there was a behemoth on my side coming up. But you had a lot of faith in Eternals. It was your what? First, this is my second. top pick. This yeah, Eternals is my pick. number one. So you I had thought a lot I was going to blow it out of the water, bro. I thought other than Spider-Man, it was going to be the highest grossing Marvel movie of the year. Right. And it was those... the second lowest, which is a <laughs> bummer, bro. Yeah. It only made $402 million, which is a disaster. Truly. Abysmal. And the first Marvel MCU film to get a rotten score on Rotten Tomatoes. The fan reception... Not great. That definitely damaged the film. So, yeah. and who'd have thought? I mean, you it looked good. It looked yeah. the trailer looked good. That you had Chloe Zhao coming off an Oscar win. You had a big cast, so I can see why you you wanted this to be your topic. But sadly, things did not turn out well. Yep. And your next film, how'd that go? So this was my last pick, and it was the risk that I took because I was like, ah, I'm going to throw out a risk. And I it was Ghostbusters Afterlife. I did not anticipate making a lot of money on it. I thought it would just be, you know, it's the last pick. I can throw something in there. Maybe it'll make a lot. Maybe it won't. And it made $196 million, which is – it's also disappointing, but not as much as some of the other ones. Like, right. I thought it was going to make I – was, I was hoping for 300 and the fact that it got to 200 is still pretty okay. Gotcha, yeah. I think I remember saying something like it would be in the 200 to 300 range. So mm. at least for me, this was like meeting expectations. Like this wasn't ever going to be the one that was going to be the dominant grocer on your roster. Of course. It was just something to help fill it out. So mm. yeah, I can't be too disappointed with that. But okay, so this brings your total to $1.9 billion. So you did not cross your total of twenty one did not cross two billion. Ooh, Dylan, how cry. do you feel? You're gonna cry. <laughs> you're so close. Sad. You were so close. But yeah, you're not able to get there. So let's also look at this. So you're at one point nine billion. I am at one point five billion before my final two films. So it, it didn't seem good for you. But there is a world, right? Could be a world where things underperform. Say Matrix came out first. That was only $152 million worldwide. Massive underperformer. Yeah. Very shocking to me. I mean, it I came told out you HBO it Max, be. but I thought, I thought it'd be better, and I thought more people would want to go see it, but that was not the case. Uh, you didn't so go that, see it in theaters either, did you, Ryan? No, I did. Oh, well, shit. Yeah. I didn't see it in theaters. Yeah. Which, I mean, yeah, I don't really, I don't really blame you. But anywho, so that essentially puts, what, 250 million difference between those? Like if Spider-Man were my last film to come out, it would need to hit 250 million, which obviously (laughs) was going to happen at some point. But what if I didn't pick No Way Home? Or what if it was the worst film ever and the three Spider-Man didn't show up? It could have underperformed. It could have. But all it needed to do was 250. Definitely going to get there easy. Yeah, for sure. But No Way Home overperformed like crazy. Absolutely Mm -hmm. stunning performance. We knew it would be big. We didn't know it would be this big. 
Mm-hmm. It made, as of now, it is still going to gross even more in the coming weeks. But as of now, $1.738 billion. $1.7. That's nuts. Absolutely shocking. And that brings my total to, get this, $3.38 billion. You fucking asshole. <laughs> Three billion, bro. This game Insane. isn't fun anymore. <laughs> I'm not having fun. This well, game's bullshit. You <laughs> cheated. You're a cheater. Look, Spider-Man. It just that was the way it, it happened. This is a little. This is rubbing salt in the wound. So I'm sorry about this one, but <laughs> I thought it was interesting to look at all the statistics. So the difference between our tally was 1.47 billion dollars. You almost doubled me, bro. Yeah. With Spider-Man alone. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. So, officially, the winner... Dylan, I want you to say it. Congratulations, oh, I need Ryan. You, to say it. <laughs> you are the box office draft champion for 2021. Thank you. Thank you. Your, your little mini belt will be coming in soon, I'm sure. Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, it was definitely... Spider-Man was absolutely the one that did it oh and this was another little fun fact for me fun for you depressing and sad and miserable the by the end of spider-man and matrix's theatrical runs because they still got time to go by the end of their runs i think that any combination of spider-man with any other film on my roster would beat out yours because it would be 1.7 something it could get up to 1.8 and then plus any other film would probably beat out your 1.9 billion at a certain point crazy. it's not fair <laughs> it's just it's crazy bullshit ryan no one expected i mean we were like oh it's gonna be in the winter time it'll there could be another wave of covid and that happened and then people still said let's go to spider-man absolutely stunning performance if we would have stopped the count because remember, we had a little debate about that of... I remember that. And what if we... Oh, it needs to stop during 2021. Only the 2021 grows. Had we done that, the my total would have been $2.973 billion. It still would have been just on the edge of $3 billion. That's insane. Because Spider-Man yeah, just popped crazy. off right in the beginning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, oh but my here's... God, wild. You wanted to talk about whether or not... You were like, there's no way. If, if you had Spider-Man... Whoever had Spider-Man was going to win, which certainly made it very, very likely. But there is a universe where you picked Spider-Man, or where rather I picked Spider-Man and then the four bottom grocers of these 10 films, and mm-hmm. you had the other five grocers. Yeah. And you want to read out what those totals are? You I don't know. Hi- you can highlight the thing. 2.828 billion for me and then you would have had 2.476 billion but to be fair ryan there's no universe where you would be stupid enough to pick the the bottom four grocers in a row right there's no universe where that would be you don't underestimate spider-man my stupidity buddy well no because you had well we'll see today with the 2022 roster well no well you're right the bottom grocers well there could be some like Matrix, because I did pick it. Jungle Cruise, because I did pick it. The Suicide Squad, I 
if it wasn't on HBO Max, like there would have been a world where I could have done that. Ghostbusters, I probably never would have picked, but that was a that was a risk for me. Yeah, honestly, wait, I, maybe I should have picked Black Widow because that was the one I was debating between was Ghostbusters and Black Widow, and Black Widow did better, didn't it? It did. Yeah, yeah. maybe I should have picked Black Widow, but who cares? Uh, it's too late now. I should have picked one yeah. of the Chinese films. <laughs> it was in in one of our in our pool, but yeah, oh, I should have gone outside of the pool. <laughs> Just pull a random wild card. What about this one? Hi, mom. <laughs> hey, man, eight hundred forty-one million dollars. It is, yeah. Good. We'll talk about that when we talk about our the total twenty twenty-one list for worldwide. Mm-hmm. But just to put the final nail in the coffin for the twenty twenty-one draft, let's read out the roster in order of highest grosses. First, No Way Home. Second, No Time to Die. Third, F9. Fourth, Venom. Fifth, Shang-Chi. Sixth, Eternals. Seventh, Jungle Cruise. Eighth, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Ninth, The Suicide Squad. And tenth, Matrix Resurrections. So I it's had the top even. and lowest. <laughs> yeah, it's almost even. It's it's like I'm sprinkled in there a little bit, but I can tell that you have more in the upper echelon and I have more in the lower echelon, and that's how it is which sucks. But next year, I hope that when we read out these raw, our top 10 rosters and order of highest grosses, we go back and forth. So it's perfectly even. Or that we go five of me in the upper <laughs> echelon, and then you're five in the bottom. That would also be preferable. That would be vicious. It would be. Absolutely. I hope I slay you next year. I hope I absolutely dominate. I really don't think it's going to happen. I think this next year is going to be really close. Yeah, well, I hope you really shit the bed in your picks, and I really Okay, well... <laughs> I oh, demand man. justice for this this total injustice. Yeah, you asshole. <laughs> it's not. I mean, look, you would have done it too. You would have picked Spider Man as your first pick as well. He said, he said "I won the coin test, mm, Spider Man." <laughs> I mean, what else was I going to do? You're going to do the same thing, the same thing. Okay, so a funny little reflection in terms of the highest grosses. Mine was pretty much in the order that I drafted them in, except for Jungle Cruise and Matrix. I did Matrix before Jungle Cruise. That means Matrix wasn't my risk. I was like, ah, this one's going to be a solid one. It was not lowest grosser, which I'm I'm still waiting to see if in the full theatrical run, if it'll be able to overtake Suicide Squad. But I don't know. I don't it's like 15 so, million off right now, but yeah, I don't think it'll be able to do it. Too many new sad. movies coming out. Bummer. Yeah. Uh, and then your my roster. My roster in order was... From bottom to wait, from top to bottom. Wait, that can't be right. No, Eternals no, this was, was the order you high. picked it in. Yeah, the order I picked it in was Eternals, F9, Shang Chi, Ghostbusters, Suicide Squad. But the actual end from top to bottom in terms of gross was F9, Shang Chi, Eternals, Suicide Squad, and Ghostbusters. Or was it? Well, no, Ghostbusters and Suicide Squad. So you just needed, uh, you just needed Eternals was your number one. If it were just your number three pick, then it would have matched the highest grossing. Bro, I can't believe Ghostbusters did better than the Suicide Squad. That's such bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. You never know what to expect. What a disaster. I hope right. I win this Oscar draft. I earned it, bro. I earned this win on the Oscar draft. I hate to break it to you, but I kind of feel like you're not going to win the Oscar draft either. <laughs> Dude, I think what? I am, honestly. The tragedy of Macbeth, come on, bro. Don't yeah, look we'll up. S- come on, bro. We'll see. We'll talk about that. You know, you've got a bump with West Side Story, but House of Gucci, come on, bro. 
Look, I'm telling you, I think you'll be surprised. But we'll talk about that during the whole Oscar thing. Now to talk about the total worldwide gross for the year 2021. Six of our collective 10 films made it on the list. Yeah. Which is pretty good considering that three of the films are ones that weren't in the draft at all because they were Chinese films. So now we're going to go through the list of the top 10 highest grossing, starting out with Spider-Man with $1.7 billion. The Battle of Lake Shangjin with $913 million. My God, that was hard to get out. <laughs> yeah. Following that up, another Chinese film, Hi Mom, $841 million. No Time to Die, $774 million. F9, $726 million. Detective Chinatown 3, 706 million. Venom, the Derby Connors, 502 million. Godzilla vs. Kong, 468 million. Shang-Chi, 432 million. And Eternals, 402 million. Actually, all four films that are not one of ours were ineligible. Because I don't think we put Godzilla in the draft pool. Because it had already come out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, we didn't. But what's cool is that we each got three in there. That is true. Very true. And we'll see this time around with this next draft if we can get more of our films there. All 10. Probably won't be all 10 because there's going to be some Chinese film that sneaks through, but... You're right. I'm pretty confident in in the picks I'm picking this time, though. I did a lot more research. I'm excited. All right. Then we can jump into the 2022 box office draft. Here we go. So we're going to read out the rules once again just so we're all on the same page we will each choose five films from the slate of movies that have been announced to be released in 2022 in theaters obviously since we're doing box office draft uh and the just to be clear about if it releases towards the end of the year do we still count it even if it bleeds into january answer is yes we're gonna do that we will count up until the first week of the second month of 2023 but if we both agree like this time we could have done this like the beginning of january because it was clear that there would be a winner but uh (laughs) i mean you're the one saying that even before then even before spider-man came out you're like oh i'm throwing in the towel i'm done so we will be doing that but if there's a clear winner before then we can both agree to be like okay we'll just call it um but officially if it's like a tight race when the first weekend of the second month is completed. That's when we'll call it and we'll look at the tally then. And we're adding a new rule this year. And I'm pretty excited about this one. We're going to do some wild card where for one film on our roster, say it disappoints, say it underperforms. We can choose to drop it, kick it out of our roster and replace it with another film coming out in 2022 that has yet to release domestically. Mm -hmm. So that is a nice new rule we have. And I'm wondering, Dylan, did it change some of your strategy coming into this draft? It did. I picked some, the risky ones I picked are coming out in the middle of the year so that if they underperform, I can switch it out for something coming out later in the year. Exactly, exactly. So some of those summer blockbusters are wild cards, and I'm excited to pick those to see how Mm -hmm. they turn out. Lovely, nice to hear. All right, any other things to clarify or things we gotta hash out about the draft? I just, I think I'm gonna win this one, right? I'm real <laughs> confident. I did a lot more research. 
I put estimates next to all of my picks to see, you know, which ones I think will do the best. Wow, you I'm, have estimates? I'm prepared. Yeah, I estimated, bro. I'm I'm ready, bro. I did my research. I'm prepared. He's calling his shots from the beginning of the year. Um, all right. So we need to do a coin toss. Do we have? I have a little flip on my phone, so you can watch a flip. So Ryan, pick one. Head to tails. On the phone. What do you want me to get? You don't have a, the actual thing. Oh Jesus! <laughs> Let me just get up and walk to my dresser so I can grab a goddamn coin. Please do. All right. He is walking to. His dresser. He opened up a drawer. He's fishing through it. He's getting all his knickknacks. Oh, he's got something. Is it going to be a Chuck E. Cheese coin? All right. Let's open it. Ryan, here's the coin. It is a quarter. It's an actual quarter. Nice. Okay. <laughs> 1998. Whenever Good you're year. Uh, I'm going to call. You're letting me call because you're flipping it? Okay. I sure. will call Heads. It is tails. I get to go first. Ah, yes. The advantage no. is mine. You bastard. No. All right. This is a disaster. Let me set up my paper so I can track down who picks what. All right. This is such a tragedy. My first pick. I don't think it will do. Don't say it. No. I don't think I'm going to take the one you're you're going to want. I don't think really? I'm going to take it. I don't okay. think so. Then I'm going to be thrown for a loop. The one that I'm picking is one of the ones that I'm also very excited for this year. <gasps> and I'm hoping that it will do very, very good. <gasps> and if it doesn't, because it's coming out so early, I can usurp it with another pick. <laughs> but my first pick is the Batman. Whoa, that is stunning. I did not expect that. I have very high hopes for its performance, and I'm very excited for it. That's incredible. Wait, so what is your estimate on it? Over a billion. Worldwide. Over a billion? Mm -hmm. Gotcha. I also think it'll get around there, but the three-hour runtime isn't giving you some pause about it? It is not. If anything, it excites me because the idea of it getting good word of mouth is what's going to help it the most. And the fact that it is a three-hour runtime and it looks very good, I think it will be able to spread around news-wise as being very important. I mean, Batman films traditionally make a lot of money. This probably will not be any different. It's got a very exciting, fresh face to it, and people will come out to see it in droves. So my number one pick is the Batman. I don't think on my roster it will end up being number one, but it's still the first one I pick because I don't want you to take it because I want it. Interesting. I don't want to have to root against the Batman. See, that was my issue as well because <laughs> I get too competitive to the point where I'll be low-key rooting against a film if it's on your draft. Even if it's yeah. a film that I like or want to support. So mm -hmm. that's why I was like, oh, I hope he doesn't take certain films because I don't want to have to root against them. Mm -hmm. And you didn't take the film that I thought would be the obvious Spider-Man pick of this year, which would be Avatar 2. I don't think it's going to do as well as you think it is. I think it will make over a billion. I will give you that. Sure. That was my number two pick. I would have picked a second if you hadn't. Mm -hmm. But... uh. I don't know. To me, I feel like it's been so long since the first one came out. A big push for the first one was 3D technology, which is no longer like a big thing that people do anymore. Nobody likes 3D anymore, so nobody uses right. it. The technology mm -hmm. has advanced, so obviously it's going to look better. And uh, the other thing that makes me very wary about it is just it keeps getting pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed. And if you pick it and it gets pushed to 2023, you're out your number one pick and you got to pick another one. 
So That's I was true. very wary of Avatar 2. That's a risk I'm willing to take because I think I this is firmly the one. Because James Cameron says something about that where he's like, look, it's coming out this year. <laughs> Either it's coming out this year, the world has ended if it doesn't. So, yeah, Avatar 2 for me. Here's why I'm saying it. As you just said, like this is guaranteed a billion because this is mm-hmm. the sequel to the number one film of You're all time. Different. It like 2.8 billion currently it's still like sitting over endgame because it got like a little re-release which by the way i mean endgame also had re-released so i I think that's sketchy that people can just re-release and it gets higher but avatar a new property a new ip back in 09 becomes the biggest movie of all time unheard of like i don't know if that's ever gonna happen again where some new property just takes it but if anything could, it might be the sequel. Because as you're saying, it's been so long, but I feel like that could work in favor of it because it's something that isn't oversaturated. Mm-hmm. And there might be a tinge of nostalgia for like people like us. Like We were kids when we saw that. That's so sure. we might see during the trailer in the Super Bowl, which they should do it for the Super Bowl. That would be a okay. good way to get the marketing going. And you see the Navi, the big blue people again, and you're like, oh, snap, I remember that. That could pull you back in. Plus, as you said, like 3D as a gimmick isn't going to propel it, I don't think. But no. uh, we've seen IMAX, like with Dune and with Spider-Man lately. Mm-hmm. People are now going to the theaters only when they want like a certain type of experience that big yeah. blockbusters will give. And it seems like Avatar is going to be the new standard of that. Because yeah, if they can push the visual effects to the limit in a way that's like close to Dune-ish mm-hmm. or like Blade Runner 2049 or something like that in terms of how talented those visual effects are, which James Cameron can do. He did it with Avatar 1. Exactly. And now he's yeah. doing it again. And so if he does it again, yeah, people will come out to go see it. I just don't think with a lot of the other stuff that's coming out this year, I don't think it will stand as well as it did right. way back when. So I'm predicting over billion, but not like like 1.3 billion, maybe. Right, which is still I, good. Like it's a good pick, Ryan. I I support your choice. Oh, I, I mean, just, it's my number one pick. I'm yeah certainly in support of it. I think it's got a 1.5 billion dollar floor. I think uh, it it absolutely see. gets over 1.5. I think we'll it's see. got a good chance of getting over two billion because it's also the film of this of I'm sure all of our picks that is the most likely to be released in China. Because it is such a phenomenon in China. Mm-hmm. Like it was re-released yeah. this past year uh, in China. Like that's how it got over Endgame again. So I don't know why they would have done that. And then when the sequel comes out, they're going to just not do it. I mean, they could, but I feel like this is one of those ones where they would have to recognize, okay, the Chinese people want to see this. We're going to have to let it slide and let it be the number one film of the yeah. year, which I think it will be. So we'll with that... James Cameron also is a beast when it comes to sequels. I mean, Aliens, T2, now we're going to have Avatar 2. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to deliver. He created a bunch of new technology with like underwater cameras or whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm it's sure supposed he... to be a lot of it underwater, which sounds... Yeah. It's, it's scary to me because traditionally CGI underwater is incredibly difficult to pull off in like a very convincing way. And so to see him try and go for it, it's going to be a hit or a miss. But he spent a decade... Like developing the technology to you're right, you're be able right. to pull it off, and he doesn't. Anyone can do it. It's him, but exactly. Again, so I have faith in awesome James Cameron and this property. I think 
Also, it's got Disney money behind it now, so I'm sure the marketing will go insane for it. So I think it'll be able to deliver. And even though it's coming out in December, I think it'll be able to rack up enough money by the time our grossing period ends in early mm-hmm. 2023. All right, we'll see. My number two pick is going to be Jurassic World Dominion. No. I'm taking it. No. I mean, yeah. the first two Jurassic Worlds made so much money. There is no way it does not get over a billion. Like, there's no way. Yeah, I'm saying... It would make no sense if it doesn't. 1.5 billion as well. Yeah, so I'm hitting Very 2 billion at least there with the Batman and Jurassic World. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Which is already beating my last year's total. Yeah, I'm telling you, this one's going to be crazy. Exciting. It's going to be way, way bigger. It'd be hilarious if all of these just bombed. (laughs) There's no way. There's no way. But like you said, Jurassic World and Avatar for me were the two that were easy. And now I hate that I lost the coin toss because I would have had Avatar and Jurassic World. You would have, yeah. And I would have. I still would have picked the Batman. I know. Oh, that's not true. I think if I had not gone first, I think I would have picked Jurassic World because I knew you uh, wouldn't pick the Batman. And so I would say Jurassic World and you would have picked something else and then I would have said the Batman. Gotcha. Okay, okay. And then I would have um, still gotten both. That I think sense. either way, it would have ended up the same. It's just my number one and number two picks would have been swapped. Right. Yeah. I think because the Avatar and Jurassic World were the two that I was, I'm so uh, confident in. There's yeah. no way that they don't hit a billion for sure. 100%. And they, I'm saying they both are going to cross 1.5. Because, I mean, as you said, Jurassic is the most successful modern non-superhero franchise. Yeah. And now they're gonna be able to use the nostalgia hit of bringing back the original cast members and it's the one where oh the dinosaurs are actually in the world so it's got the novelty of something we haven't seen before yeah there's no way it doesn't kill at the box office there's no it's way going to. i'm gonna go see it i'm gonna suffer through fallen kingdom so i understand it and then i'm gonna go see it. <laughs> yeah but i'm super excited for it as well yeah yeah what's your number two pick my number two pick is Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Yeah, those four are my top four, dude. They, I think four they're the top only, four. <laughs> I think those are the only four that are going to gross over a billion. Yeah, I think so too. Right well, I think God guaranteed. Yeah. Um, I mean, for obvious reasons, it's coming off the heels of Spider-Man, the one of the biggest films ever at this point. Doctor Strange was featured prominently in it, mm-hmm. as was the multiverse concept. We also dabbled in the multiverse in Loki. Uh-huh. WandaVision was popular and we see Wanda in the trailer and there's going to be the promise of a bunch of cameos which apparently they did a bunch of reshoots to stuff more in there so at the yeah. least it'll be chock full of fan service might not be a good film jury will be out on that but there will be a lot of fan service a lot of easy popcorn entertainment for people to go and enjoy so I think it'll cross a billion it has a very good chance of doing so I think it'll be big, and it's opening up the summer movie season as well, and a nice spot in May. And I think it's pretty clear as well. I don't think it's got much competition uh, right before or afterwards. Because the big movie coming out beforehand is the Batman, and Batman's got two months to kind of die down before it comes out. Exactly. I don't think anything big's coming out in April. So that one will enjoy a nice stretch of just it dominating the box office. Hell yeah. And overseas, I think it'll also do well. Again, we won't know if it gets a China release. Jurassic World also, I think, is likely to get a China release, if anything. Yeah, for sure. 
But I'm worried about all of the Marvel movies not getting China releases. That's why they're all a little bit lower on my predictions and a little bit lower on my list. But I think even without a China release, I think Multiverse of Madness can cross a billion. Mm-hmm. Maybe just barely, but I think you can do it. Yeah. I think it's funny, though, that our top four, because I think, yeah, that's the most obvious four. These yeah, are likely to clearly. be, uh, like, even if it's not the highest grossing, like, as you said, Batman probably won't be the highest grossing, but I think it's such a solid bet for yeah, grossing for a sure. ton of money. It's a safe, very solid mm-hmm. choice. And I just really wanted it. True. God, my next pick. I'm between two movies right now. Oh, I boy. both predict... Uh, over 800 million for both of them and they're both risks but they're coming out in the middle of the year so i can swap them i see jesus i'm gonna have to do it okay you're at your number three pick pick, and you're already torn (laughs) my third pick is minions the rise of Gru. wow okay interesting explain so the first is big will me made 500 something million right mm-hmm. the second speak with me made over a billion dollars the third speak with me made over a billion dollars or just shy of a billion dollars and the minions movie made over a billion dollars very true. it is a franchise that can make over a billion dollars and like jurassic world it's a universal property so i think it can get a china release date too i think it does gangbusters over there so i have high hopes for minions the rise of Gru. i think it can make quite a bit so my third pick is Minions, which I am not happy about. <laughs> this is the one where I was talking about, like, I was like, there were some surprises in my research. I was surprised that the Despicable Me franchise is doing so goddamn well. It's yeah, making it... tons of money. I don't think it will hit a billion like its predecessors. It's still COVID times a little bit, and uh, it is the Minions, and it's starting to die out, I'm sure. But just about every single time one comes out, it just does a little bit better than the last one. It's almost been steady that way. I think Despicable Me 3 is the only one that dipped down a little bit. But they've all been upticks ever since. So I think it will get close to a billion, maybe around 800. Right. Uh, So the logic against that one could be that it's been a little bit of a substantial amount since the last Minions and or Despicable Me came out. Very true. And it's in a crowded movie season it's in july right kicking off july mm-hmm. which is jam-packed full of i will stuffs. say this is probably gonna be the one that i swap out if i don't think it does well right it, it has risk. it's also because in all of these you could see a world where it blows up again and a whole new like little generation of kids loves the minions and it sells toys like crazy and people keep seeing it again and again and it could also be the case where it just flops no one cares about the minions anymore yeah. so it could go Either way, so my third pick, I'm also torn here because I want to make sure I have a diverse portfolio. That's what I'm saying. I don't want it to all be superhero movies. It's mm-hmm. so lame. But also, I feel like it's a pretty mixed bag this year. It's true. Very, very true. But I'm also, I want to win. And there's very clear... <laughs> Obvious answers for how do you win in a box office based game. And there's two movies I'm torn with. But one, I feel there's just so many unknowns about it. So many things that could make people get turned off to it. Whereas another, I don't also know much about it. A lot is kept in the dark, but I feel like it'd be 
one of the easier choices for people to go to. I'm going to go with Thor, Love and Thunder. Whoa. For my number this three is, pick. This is one that I predicted around the 700 million at the most. Like, that's its ceiling. Really? I just don't think it will pull in a lot. It made, Thor Ragnarok made 854 million. Exactly. And this is a sequel, bro. This is a sequel, but every Thor sequel has made more money than the than the previous. That's true. And Thor is one of the last remaining original Avengers, so people are very attached to him. People like Chris Hemsworth. And Taika Waititi is returning. He was the one that made Thor, like he took him in this new direction that people really enjoyed. So he'll likely be continuing that. Natalie Portman's coming back. Uh, and they're doing the Mighty Jane storyline or something like that. Who knows? But I think it's got a lot of good ingredients. Mm -hmm. And I still don't know much about the actual plot. But Christian Bale apparently is playing yeah. a villain in it. He's the bad guy. Yeah, which also I'm sure is going to be really, really good. It's coming out in July. So I think they're pretty confident in it. So I, I feel good about Thor, Love, and Thunder. I think it'll be able to... Meet or surpass what Thor Ragnarok got. I think 700 ceiling, I think it's too low. I could see a world where it doesn't break a billion and it only gets to around 800 million like the last one. But I feel like it has a good shot of getting up there. So Thor, my number three pick. All right, all right, all right. Ooh, God, my next pick is going to be tough. God damn, bro. I gotta... God damn it. <laughs> There's just so many I don't want you to have. Because you've still got two picks left. And I just... It's true. There's so many choices. I should have been more specific with my predictions. Because I just put them at like the within the 100th million marks. And so there's like <laughs> four that have the same number next to them. <laughs> and I just... I think this movie will do better than all the rest of them that we've that like, ah, like I have my top four and then I haven't picked my fifth one yet and you haven't picked it either, but it is such a risk. And it's coming out the same time as Minions. It's coming out a little before Minions. So if if it doesn't do well, I can swap it with something else. But then I'm stuck with Minions. It's true. It's very risky when everything's packed in in the summer so, season. Yeah, that's a risk. But if it pulls off, then I can save that swap for minions if it goes bad. Even though I don't think it'll go that bad. Like, I, I think the swap is a weird thing because I feel like we're going to pick all the good ones and then maybe one will do okay and we'll want to swap it. But all the good ones are gone already. And so it's a risk to swap it already. Because what if the thing we swap it with also doesn't do good? That's true. But that's like, yeah, the swap is an option if something really just shockingly underperforms. Like the Matrix? Like tanks like the Matrix or something like yeah. that. Or even earlier in the year when we saw like Jungle Suicide Cruise, for Squad. instance. Or yeah, Suicide, Suicide Squad. Squad tanked, I would have swapped Suicide Squad with something. Mm -hmm. Probably Black Widow, honestly. You're right. Well, but remember, it has to be one that hasn't come out yet. Black Widow By the time came Suicide out after Suicide Squad, didn't it? No. Well, because um... Black Widow was May, I think, and Suicide was August. All right. All right. I'll go for another risk. Oh, snap. Oh, to pick my number five. My number 
four wait, choice. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, so your number four pick is <laughs> what you originally had for number five? Yeah, because I originally, it was between this pick and Minions for my third pick. And I went with Minions because I felt like, I don't know, I had a really good feeling that it would make a lot of money. money. I feel like people really love Minions. Universal makes tons of money off of it still. So I feel like people it's will true. go see it. And I feel like it's just more guaranteed to make money than my fifth choice, but I feel like my fifth choice can make more, just based on history. Right. Mm -hmm. Or I could just make a safe bet. I feel like Minions is already a risk. Maybe I should make a safe bet and then maybe go for a risk on my fifth choice. Seems like it. So what are you going to go with? I'm trying to think with your brain. Like, what would you pick next? <laughs> I know exactly what you would pick next. And so I feel like I should take that from you. Because I'm looking at my top 10, and I feel like my top, like, or I have actually have 11 choices right now. I feel like my top 11 are, or my top 9 are close to your top 9. So I feel like I'm looking at the same list as you right now, very similarly. <laughs> yeah, we can share our list afterwards of what Just maybe in a different order. And I feel like I should take the one that you want to take to throw you in a loop and make you pick something that maybe won't do well. I don't okay. do that. I'm going to take Black Panther Wakanda Forever interesting fascinating wakanda forever so that was between i was between thor and black panther mm -hmm. if but i had chose thor because black panther is such a risk it is a risk. coming out late in the year and we don't mm -hmm. know like it'll do solid but it reached such stunning heights last time 700 million domestic yeah which is still like top five domestic all time um and then it made about that overseas to get 1.3 something million very impressive but this time around some glaring things are missing yeah such as the two main stars Chadwick Boseman and Michael B. Jordan oh they might try to bring them back as like towards the end Michael B. Jordan but if you don't I have think, them too I think the draw would be people will want to go see how they recover after the loss of chadwick boseman mm -hmm. because we won't know until it happens like they're not going to tease any kind of storyline in any earlier movies they're going to wait until black panther to discuss him being missing and i feel like people will want to go see how they recover from that and if they do drop in michael b jordan out of nowhere bro uh people will go to see that for 100 right. sure and it's the same creative talent you know it's ryan coogler like i still think it will be a good movie on par with the original Black Panther. And I think it'll make just a little bit less than that movie. So I predicted an 800 million ceiling. And I feel like that's a pretty decent estimation for how much it can make. And I feel like that's like a solid guess is it will get no more than 800 million, but around there, like, 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 uh, no time to die numbers or F nine numbers. Right. I feel like it can end up around there, which gotcha. is a good fourth pick for me. Yeah, again, this is one of those that I can see a world where Ryan Coogler and the rest of them create a very respectful send-off for Chadwick Boseman and find a way to carry on the like Black Panther mantle in a, a way that is pleasing. Mm -hmm. But then there's also the case where they could botch it. And if that yeah. happens, you're done. Like The word of mouth mm -hmm. is going to be terrible it's well, also watch that i feel like people will want to go just to see it like, no, see how think... they watch it like in a way but no not in this time people would just check twitter and be like oh they did that i mean Hello, people came out bad. for rise of skywalker even though they were like yeah they botched it 
okay well i don't think anyone was coming out to it because they were like oh they botched it. like the people that were like oh they botched it i don't want to go to it didn't go and that's why it was barely crossing a billion whereas i for sure went to rise of skywalker for that okay well that's you but i don't think most people were going to be like yes let me go just to watch the train wreck i don't think people really spend their money that way regardless of a train wreck then i feel like people will go see it because it's black panther movie and they want to see black panther like it still did amazing six years ago it did but that was a six years ago no four years ago 2018 yeah i don't know why i thought 2016 i was stunned for a second i was like no way six years good god it is still a long time though four years is quite a bit um which i also think might work against it because the first one was such a cultural phenomenon i mean the first major massive blockbuster with a mostly black cast nominated for best picture exactly yeah won various oscars the novelty of that i think is gone as well so i don't know if it will be able to be as big of a phenomenon so yeah this was one that to me was such a risk because i could see it doing quite well and getting near a billion or cracking it or let me say though let me say if i had not picked black panther 2 would you have picked it as your number four no because really one of my rules i set for myself was only two mcu movies max Mm. and you've already gotten there yep and so I was not going to choose Black Panther 2. Interesting. How do you feel about that revelation? Because you took that because uh, you thought I would pick it next. <laughs> to me, I'm still honestly fine about it. I think it's still okay. a safe bet. I still think it's going to do like a lot better than the MC movies last year. All of the MC movies last year, except Spider-Man. Like, I think it's, it could still hold strong. Right. There's a lot of good franchises coming out this year, as opposed to last year, which were a lot of new properties and stuff. And so I think this year for MCU is going to do a lot better overall across the board. They're all going to do good. But so any MCU movie you pick, I think is going to be a safe bet. And Black Panther might be the weakest of the links, but it's also my fourth pick. So I think, right. I think it should do fine. Yeah, I think it'll, it'll get like 450 domestic. Mm-hmm. And then around that overseas as well. Exactly. That's 900. Yeah. That's Which is good. still like very good. But that's stellar. That beats my 800 ceiling. Yeah. I mean, you are I, not as confident I, I in it. Even, like, I feel yeah. like it could do quite well if it teases the, you know, the balance. If it's able to deliver. If it can do it, I will make good money on it. Yeah. I think it could, I think it is battling it with Thor 11 Thunder because it is more of a risk in Thor 11 Thunder. So it will either do like a lot better than Thor 11 Thunder or a lot worse. Like, yeah. I don't think it'll be close. Yeah. To me, it's there just at the range. between the two is wider between them but yeah i think if it does well it does deliver i think it'll be able to hit 900 million but i again just because it's got too many factors missing from what made the original so much of a phenomenon i don't think it'll be able to go beyond Mm -hmm. 900 million but yeah it'll definitely be one to look out for okay my number four pick which i'm interested to see if this was the other one you're talking about in your summer season but also complying with some of my rules i want to have it be diverse i want to do new things and so if you didn't pick minions and you chose this one then i would have chosen minions but since you chose minions mine is going to be (laughs) lightyear god damn it that's the one i was debating picking with black panther (laughs) god damn bro yeah and i was hoping i was like please don't take it because i need i need an animated film so lightyear it is the spinoff to mm-hmm. a very successful Pixar franchise, Toy Story 
the previous two films got over a billion, just barely, but it did get over a billion. Uh, Lightyear with Chris Evans is voicing the role, right? Yes. I believe he is. Yes, he is. Yes. yes. Um, it's a pretty interesting concept, like them digging into the backstory that of the character or property that the toy is based on. It's pretty interesting. It's got name recognition. It's going to be the first Pixar film that actually goes to theaters. Although here's hoping because they sent Turning Red to uh, Disney that would Plus. Be I don't think it will go to Disney Plus because they want that money because they know Lightyear can perform. Yes, because this but is. But it could yeah. do. It, they could do the thing where they were like release it after a month for like an additional fee. Yeah, they, they like, might. They like uh, might bring it to Disney Plus early, which, which would cut would its legs for you, which would a shame but i don't think they will because they have it in it's opening when is it opening like i think right after jurassic world or something like that so i feel like they're confident enough if you're gonna place it right after jurassic world i think they're confident enough to let it run its course i don't think they're gonna send it to disney plus because it's a legacy pixar property like they're gonna want it to succeed and this might be Mm -hmm. people's return to like the classic big uh disney pixar family films mm-hmm. and again it's in summer so a bunch of families will go to do it we saw like the pandemic they weren't crazy hits but family films tended to do quite well and had good yeah. legs like look at sing too mm-hmm. um so i think it's like an established property that can like do well is light year and exactly like, they both are very established they're both very popular and they both can do incredibly well yeah and i was going back and forth between the two because mm-hmm. for all the same reasons you said, Dis- mm-hmm. Despicable Me is a big franchise, but also so is Toy Story. Yeah, so, to me, uh, I'm just a little more confident in Minions because Lightyear is such a spinoff. Like, yeah, Minions is new... also a spinoff, but they're bringing in Gru again. Mm-hmm. Lightyear is very much a spinoff, and it doesn't look that good, whereas Minions looks on par with what Minions is. So like, what, you're get- what you see is what you're going to get, and you're going to get exactly what you want for someone right. who's going to see a Minions movie. And so, and just... God, Universal just makes so much money. Like they advertise it like crazy. Like I, I work at Universal, so I see how much they sell in Minions property. Like it's insane. They're already converting the Shrek ride into another Minions ride. Good God, it makes so much money because so many people love the Minions, and it's still popular today. So that's what pushed me to pick Minions over Lightyear because Lightyear is such a spinoff. It has nothing to do with the toys. It has nothing. It, the, the only connection is that Buzz Lightyear is in Toy Story, and it's just based on the guy who the toy is made out of. And so it's like an interesting idea, but mm-hmm. I don't know if it can stick the landing in terms of matching the box office performances of Toy Story 3 and Toy Story 4, which are both over a billion. Yeah. So my prediction on here was 800 million for Lightyear, but I'm feeling more towards like six or seven. Really? Yeah. Again, there. I think there's it's a crowded some summer range and I there, but feel like I just feel like it's not going to do fantastic. I feel like 800 is. 800 is a good a ceiling. But... Very solid bet. I don't think that's a ceiling. I think, I think that's a pretty I think good it's a ceiling. midpoint. Um, but I feel pretty confident. I mean, it's Pixar. And if they decided to do a spinoff of their main franchise, like their most successful story, then I feel it's a very good story. They're very confident in it. I think it'll resonate with audiences. And there's always that nostalgia hit, even though it's not directly connected to the toys. Mm. Uh, I think it'll be able to deliver. All right. My last pick. All right, number five. Yeah, it's just a default for me now because my top nine 
were all really solid picks that were all over 700 million predicted. And then my last two were very low, like very, very low. And we already picked eight of those top nine. And so it's just mm-hmm. a default mm-hmm. at this point that I have to pick this one. My last pick is going to be the flash. Really? Wow. Yeah. I know that must have pained you. It really does. Because <laughs> I'm, not, say that. <laughs> I'm not super excited for it. And I don't, I'm not really looking forward to a lot of superhero movies this year. And I've already got three out of my five or superhero movies, which kind of sucks. But uh, I think it'll do really well. They're bringing back Michael Keaton, that which has the promise of bringing back even more previous superheroes in like a, a multiverse Spider-Man kind of thing. And it's not going to do as good as Spider-Man, obviously. But it has right. the promise to do very well for a DCEU movie coming out recently. You know, I feel like it can do incredibly well. Mm-hmm. All right. So The Flash, your fifth yeah. pick. Okay, mine... There's two, well, I guess, because going by my rules, I must pick this one, which I will also, it's a big risk. <laughs> it's a risk I took last year. I'm going to try it again. Did it pay I'm off last see, year? No, but I'm going to see if Is it the rock? pay off this year. <laughs> I'm going with The Rock. No. Black Adam. It's oh, no. Look, he is the biggest actor in Hollywood. He's been wanting to do Black Adam for so long, so I'm hoping that his passion for the project will translate into it being good quality. He is also beloved overseas in China, so this is one that will be the most likely of many of the superhero films to get a Chinese release. I think overseas is one of those that could do well because he's big everywhere. It's one of those that it could just suddenly be a big hit. I mean, it's opening in August, which... Historically, not the greatest month, great. but it is a free month for him. So, but even Shang Chi, which opened in September, which is also a really bad month. I mean, it did have that free range, and it didn't make good money because of it. But it's still true. not a great month, and it didn't do very well. That's true. But I'm hoping it's a risk for sure. Black Adam will be able to overcome that. And I also we'll like this was the pick that I'm like, okay, if something goes awry here, I will use it to, like, that'll be my swap. I'll find something later in the year mm. but yeah it's i believe black adam swap, bro. well it is but there's a there's quite a bit of stuff in fall and winter actually that mm. i still have like because there was the ones that i didn't choose which we'll go through our list like what were the films you're looking at although maybe i won't say well no i guess because it's pretty obvious what else is left as yeah. backups if we need to swap mm. but this was one that i was like yeah it's after the summer movie season but we chose everything in summer that was worthwhile anyhow so yeah for sure yeah black adam i'm hoping the rock please deliver (laughs) we'll see bro i mean as long as it doesn't go to hbo max out of nowhere i'm hoping if it's just purely theatrical and it's please just be just be decent just be like okay people will go see dumb rock movies i don't know why but a bunch of people apparently saw the red notice movie on netflix (laughs) Yeah, it's like their biggest movie ever. Even though I know maybe one person who actually watched it, yeah. but I mean he's a familiar face and he's in a superhero movie. That could be a thing that draw people to it. I mean, maybe we'll see, man. But I will say, overall, looking at our picks, I think we have a much stronger year going into this. I feel like uh, it's a sure. lot, a lot closer. Yeah. All right. So go ahead and read out that. your your roster, your the five that you chose. My full roster is The Batman, Jurassic World Dominion, 
Minions, The Rise of Gru, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, and The Flash. All right. And my roster is Avatar 2, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, Thor, Love and Thunder, Lightyear, and Black Adam. All right. So do you want to go like through I got a leg up, bro. I feel like I got a leg up. I don't know. We'll go through your list. What was your right. like your 10 that you had? Or 11? So I wrote 11 down, and it was the Batman, Avatar 2, Jurassic World Dominion, and Multiverse of Madness, each over a billion. Lightyear, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Minions, The Rise of Gru, and The Flash, around 800 million each. Thor 11 Thunder at 700 million. Then I put Bullet Train at 400 million. And Spider Verse at three hundred fifty million, and I didn't even really consider Black Adam because I just didn't think. <laughs> like I feel like it would probably it would probably do better than Bullet Train and Spider Verse. It was just at no point that I ever want to take that risk with Black Adam. <laughs> That's hilarious. Spider Verse that was one that I was that was on my list as well, but it was towards the end because it's very much at the bottom. Yeah, I mean it's Spider Man and it's Spider Verse, the thing that we just saw really successfully done, and the original was three hundred fifty million. I think there's yeah. no way it doesn't expand it's definitely going to gross more i think yeah, it could get sure. 600 million that's what i'm feeling yeah it could but i was also but thinking i'm also like i'm like tempering my expectations because it's still pandemic times and i'm just like weathering what could happen and i put around the same amount as last time i said like right. at the very least it will meet the last grossing which was 350 million yeah i think it'll do quite well but i i was wary on picking it because i wanted to mm -hmm. I was like, really? I'm going to pick another Spider-Verse movie? <laughs> another Spider-Man with a multiverse thing? It'd be funny um, if you did. And then just do the best. Here's the highest grossing movie. $1.7 billion. <laughs> That'd be hilarious. I was, It'd be funny if both of us missed it. I was really considering just for the joke, just to do it. Um, but Whenever There's a new Spider-Verse movie and you pick it. <laughs> yeah. But the, um, so the rules that I have for myself, I was like, I want to have a diverse portfolio. So I was like, I need one movie that is non-superhero in any way. Mm -hmm. one that is mcu but two max because i knew i mean those are i mean the biggest franchise yeah. at this point so like yeah like there's no I way i want to win i'm not surprised that we collected all three of them like i'm not surprised wait well, yeah, there's no way that wasn't gonna happen yeah. um i wanted one dc film i wanted to share the love and i wanted at least one animated film slash family film hey you made it all i think i made so it those all are too. my rules yeah so that's you why i was like hoping you wouldn't pick Lightyear instead of Black Panther because I was like, oh, God, now I got to have three Marvel. Bro, then you would have no had to pick Spider-Verse. Yeah, that's true. Which technically, since it's not MCU, would qualify. Would qualify, yeah. Um, Which, yeah, I would have ended up doing that, which I'd be fine with. But So my list Maybe I was... I picked Lightyear then, damn. What a yeah. bummer. And then I probably would have picked... I probably would have picked Black Panther 2 as my last one then. Right, over The Flash. Over The Flash. And then, then you, you would have missed. Oh, but you had flash, DC because right? you had Batman. Yeah. Um, no, I would have chose. So this is my list in order of like try to go for these. It was Avatar, Jurassic World, Multiverse of Madness, The Batman, Thor: Love and Thunder, Slash, Black Panther Two. Because I still was undecided on that, but I ultimately was like Thor since it's early in the year. If anything, you can swap it out with Black Panther later if mm -hmm. he doesn't pick it. Lightyear or Minions. Because it's the same deal. I'm still undecided. And I was like, he's going to pick one of them. So just pick the other mm -hmm. one. Uh, then I had said Spider-Verse, if DC requirement is fulfilled. Like if I had gotten the Batman, then I would have considered Spider-Verse as another one. Mm -hmm. But since it wasn't Black Adam, Flash, 
and then yeah, my backups towards the end were Aquaman and Mario. Mario would have been a very risky one. And Aquaman got pushed to 2023, didn't it? I don't think officially. I don't think not yet. But it's the, the reason I didn't consider it that much is because it's, it's a probably gonna big likelihood. Like, they should push it. Like, everyone's like, please, Warner Brothers, what are you doing? Just push it. Yeah. So, yeah, it remains to be seen if that'll happen. So that's why I was like, oh, I don't want to pick it for my roster and then have to mm-hmm. pick something else. So I'll just wait and see if it does get pushed and don't have to worry about it. If it doesn't get pushed, and it's always a last resort if we need to swap. I will be excited to see what would have happened if I had picked Lightyear instead of Black Panther 2. Because that will probably end up being my big regret. Because that was the big decision I was being hung up on. Was mm-hmm. should I pick Black Panther 2 or should I go for Lightyear? Because they're right next to each other. They're 5 and 6 on my list. And I thought you would want to pick Black Panther. Because I, I had a feeling like if I pick Lightyear, you'll probably pick Black Panther. If I pick Black Panther, I'll probably pick Lightyear. But I didn't know about your rule that you only wanted two MCU movies. Right. But um, you would have given me all three MCU movies. Like, I would think that did. would have been dangerous to. I, don't I mean, think MCU so, is because hardcore. MCU is hardcore, but so is so is Toy Story, man. So is Pixar. So is Jurassic World. Like we, there are some heavy hitters here that aren't MCU. That's true. Very very like, true. There's, in the top four that we think that we both agree is the top four for sure. Only one of them is MCU. That's true. And our top three picks were non-mcu since you went yeah. batman first yeah it's funny because either way that coin toss went we would have had the same top two yes which i think is true which i knew going into it because i kept trying to think i was like so what if he he gets a coin toss and he picks this and then he picks that and i was like no there's no way like there's no way i'm getting avatar and jurassic world the thing i knew would have been going into it was i knew i needed jurassic world and i knew i wanted the batman like, of the mm-hmm. four that are, like, even though Avatar 2 was over Jurassic World, I knew that if I got the first pick, I would for sure pick the Batman, because I really wanted it. And I knew you'd pick Avatar 2. Like, I know you. I knew you'd pick Avatar Yes. <laughs> so I would go for Jurassic World, and then I figured you'd go for Multiverse of Madness. And otherwise, if you had gone first, again, I knew you would have picked Avatar 2, and then I would have needed to secure Jurassic World. So I would have picked it next, right. and then I know you, you would have picked Multiverse of Madness to rep Doctor Strange, and I could have gotten true. Batman. So either way, I was, was shaking out the same. I was considering it, but yeah, I was like, I think multiverse is like you need to get that before the Batman, just mm-hmm. because the ceiling I think is higher on multiverse madness than the Batman. Like, and I think the Batman has like it's a narrow range of it's definitely going to gross a lot and get to a billion and right across it. Mm-hmm. But it's not going to go like too much beyond that. Yeah. With multiverse like of madness, it could. It really could. Yeah, I also like this is coming out next month, so I get to know right away how well it does and whether or not i need to swap it out which i won't could you but imagine I, I, swapping your number one film that would be disastrous like right away <laughs> if it does terrible it can't it it will make a billion like i am confident yeah i'd be really surprised if it doesn't yeah because well, i mean if joker can do it come on. i mean the batman yeah works. like what come on come on come on especially <laughs> if they they do the thing have you heard any of the the supposed leaks about it no, and I don't really want to know. All right, then I won't tell you. But we can talk about it after it comes out because it might. For, I, I mean, do... I imagine there's the one thing because if there's any Batman movie, the speculation is always going to be, "Ooh, what are they going to do with the his nemesis character?" Which I hope they, because it seems like they start out with like early Batman. Mm-hmm. I believe that was like more the premise. So I wish they would just focus on that and expand more of his yeah. world if they continue with it instead of immediately going to 
familiar territory. Yeah. So. But at the same time, if they do stick to that, but then they also tease that familiar territory. That would sequel, be a draw for people to be like, oh, that we got to go in. That would be a huge draw. Like if there was an after credit scene teasing it, that would be a huge draw. And that would be yeah. a big win for me. But that yeah, I'm super would. stoked for my list. I think it will be neck and neck. I can't throw out a winner right now. I have no idea. It could go either way, really. But Again, uh, that's what I'm thinking. I think this is going to be very high grossing. Like, we're definitely going to get across $3, three billion, billion each, probably $4 billion yeah. each. And I think it'll be much closer. Like, I don't think there's going to be any fun. runaway massive hits or any big disappointers. If you have, if any one of yours was a flop, which one do you think it would be? Black Adam. <laughs> you think so? Yeah. For me, I think if I had a flop, it would be Minions. Like, Minions for me is the risk, and I was willing to take it because it's in the middle of the year. Either seeing it do incredibly well or just flopping hard. Right. And I, and by flopping hard, let me clarify that that's like 400 million, which is still not technically a flop movie wise. That's still very good. Right. But for Minions, that is a flop. That's true. And comparatively with the rest of the films, like each of these, like the floor, I feel like for each of these should be 600 million. Like all these should be surpassing that. So if any of them get lower than that, then that could be a flop in in our estimation. These all should do well. Like I feel like any MCU movie is guaranteed to make at least 600, at least the ones we have this year, are guaranteed to make 600 each. And I think our DCEU movies should be hitting that mark as well, but they're close. And I think the Batman can also do very good. Mm Mm-hmm. As right. in terms of all the other ones, those are established franchises that will do well for sure. Yes, hundred percent. All right, so exciting stuff. Our rosters are set in stone, Ooh. and we will see pretty shortly this upcoming month, like in less than a month. It seems like when the Batman will come up, mm-hmm. and we will have our first uh, set of box office numbers to go over. That is also a good thing to have the Batman as it's coming out so soon. I'm glad we were able to do this early in the year as opposed to last year because then the Batman would have been gone in the same way that Godzilla vs. Kong was just gone. That's true. Which, yeah, from now on it works out because nothing important comes out in the beginning of the year anyway. So For sure. It usually starts off either like mid-February March. or in March. Yeah. All right, now let's go to our last section for today which is our most excited movies for 2022 we're gonna go one by one and do our top five since i went first last time ryan for our box office draft you can go this time what is your number five most excited did you have any honorable mentions dylan oh i guess we could do honorable mentions first i did yes you did okay my honorable mentions were babylon which is the damien chazelle movie with brad pitt and margot robbie that's set in period hollywood the Fablemans, which is the semi-biopic for Spielberg. Mm-hmm. Bullet Train, which is the David Leach action film with Brad Pitt. And Nope, which is the Jordan Peele horror movie coming out with Steven Ewan, Daniel Kaluuya, and uh, Kiki Palmer. Gotcha. Okay, my honorable mentions are The Woman King, which stars Viola Davis in some West African nation where she becomes the woman king. She's been really passionate about that project, and I love Viola Davis, so Me too. I'm looking forward to that. You were big on the How to Get Away with Murder Train, weren't you? Yeah. Me and my mom would watch it during our <laughs> pizza nights. Where she was always watch. crying in that show and always snotting up. Very <laughs> true. Real passionate. But she's the best snot crier out there. That's very true. <laughs> um, I have the Fablemans as well, Spielberg, since he's doing it. We've seen the... 
you know, autobiographical films as of late from directors. And Spielberg is finally tackling that. So I think it'll be quite good. I mean, his most personal yet should be great. Then I have Spider-Verse, which I am, I mean, for obvious reasons, I'm excited for that. I'm make your top five. Well, when I saw the trailer, I was not entirely impressed, but I was also the same way really? with the first Spider-Man trailer, or the first Spider-Verse trailer. I was like, that's dumb. But then I saw it and I loved it. So this one, I think it's better that my expectations are already tempered. Because it has a lot to live up to, so I'm glad I'm already like, I mean, I'll go in, and if it's great, it's great, but if it's not, it's not too big of a surprise. Uh, my next one is Top Gun Maverick, which, I mean, my dad is a pilot. Top Gun's like gospel, so mm -hmm. very excited for that. And it's been yeah. coming out. It's been, hang on. Yeah, one second. Yeah, make sure you're right. Oh, never mind, never mind. I was going to say what? an honorable mention should be John Wick 4, but then I remembered it got pushed to 20. Yeah, I got pushed. Never mind. <laughs> I was just checking to make sure I didn't miss it because that was one that would for sure be, at the very least, an honorable mention. Mm -hmm. It's not an actual top five. All right, keep going. And then I have Jurassic World Dominion as my final honorable mention. It just you're excited for it? didn't crack the top five. Dude, I'm telling you, it's got, it has that feeling of like those classic 2000s blockbusters when i was a kid where i yeah. couldn't really tell whether it was a quality film or not but i just love going to see them it's colin trevorrow again right yeah he's returning and you know, as we said before Jurassic the original World, it wasn't great but it was good enough you know it was fun i remember watching it and having a good time yeah so, you know what i think it'll be good i think so too and the original cast coming back i mean that's it's gonna be great so those are my Watch honorable mentions Goldblum. all right hit me with your top five number five all right number five is the batman i'm also quite excited for this one the trailers look so good so phenomenal matt reeves is an incredible director the other like best franchise of the 2010s is the planet of the apes franchise oh, without God, a doubt so good so i gotta rewatch them they're so mm -hmm. we should do an episode on it eventually yeah they're just sure. stellar even though we only did the last two but they're just so good yeah they're really really good but I'm looking forward to that. I'm also, again, the reason I have it at five is it's coming out so soon, but I also want to want to let the hype go down a bit because I don't want to yeah. have crazy I'm expectations. Also, I'm also trying to temper my expectations for it. And I'm also, like, compared to the other ones, not super stoked for it. You're right. Uh, but that's my number five. What about your number five? My number five is also the Batman. Oh, look at that. <laughs> I'm just trying to temper my expectations. I'm trying to go into it with an open mind that it could be good, it could be bad, because it can go either way. The last trailer... It brought my expectations down a little bit, which is good. And that's because we saw more of the action and it started to look more like typical superhero action as opposed to something more stylistic like the first trailer was, which is just a detective drama. Mm -hmm. And that was that's what made me so excited for was I was like, awesome. It's a detective drama that goes into action sometimes, but it's like real gritty action. And then the newest trailer was like, it was just full-blown superhero action, which I should have expected. And honestly, I'm not too bummed out about it. I still love good action sequences i was just really hoping for like a three hour just detective drama he's starting out you know something like that but if they build up to the action in a believable way sure i can i'm here for it but it has tempered my expectations a little bit very excited for zoe kravitz as the Catwoman. very excited for paul dana as riddler very excited for uh, uh colin firth no not colin firth who the fuck am i saying <laughs> is that not him colin firth or colin farrell colin farrell god damn yeah. thank you Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Very excited for that. And I just think it'll be good. Like, I'm excited. 
Me too. Me too. All right, my number four is Bullet Train. This one just mm. sounds so good. I mean, you it got the sounds cast, awesome. Brad Pitt, Sandra Bullock leading a nice cast. And the premise, assassins are on a train and they find out that their missions are interrelated. It's a great idea for a thriller. And it's adapted from some book. So I want to read that book. It just got it was recently adapted into English because they're making it into a movie. And so I want to mm-hmm. go see it. It's also the guy who uh he made Deadpool 2. This is why it was on my list for uh the box office draft picks because it's the guy who made Deadpool 2 and Fast and Furious Hobbs and Shaw. So he's had some big hits. There are franchises, sure, mm-hmm. but they're still heavy hitters. And I That's feel true. like he can deliver again in terms of an action movie that is a standalone that also does great. He also produced the first John Wick movie, which was one that was a standalone movie at the time. And did That's fantastic. true. And he also directed Atomic Blonde, which while it wasn't mm-hmm. a massive hit, it was received really well. Like people were saying it was a great action film. So hopefully with this bigger budget, that, bigger premise, bigger yeah, cast, he'll be able to bring good that. action. Yeah. It'll be good action for sure, and I'm super stoked for it. But it's it's one that's in my reserves for sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I think it comes out too early for me to replace any of my movies with it, except maybe maybe Jurassic World. I don't know. But a lot of mine are later hitters, so it might not be one that I do my my swap out with. Right. Because that's it's mid July. Like it's in, yeah. in it's in that jam packed month, so mm-hmm. so we'll see. My number fourth pick is the Northman. Ooh, okay. Ooh, yeah, I'm super excited for this one. Like the the whole premise of it when I first heard it and I was thinking about it, I was like, you know, it'd be really cool if it was like this cool big Viking like action set piece thing. But I know, you know, I know the director. I know what he's gonna do. He's just gonna be like this very slow drama, like the Lighthouse. It's gonna be very, you know built up and very dramatic and very like realistic to what viking life was then the trailer comes out and it's just a full-on revenge thriller (laughs) like that takes place in norway like it's just awesome and it's it's intense and it's just looks so like vivid and amazing and i'm super excited for it and like the action looks awesome like it's just fully going for it and i love that yeah i've not seen any eggers film still haven't seen the lighthouse but Yeah, I probably will go ahead and check that one out. Uh, yeah, that's why I'm not too excited for it, because I'm not that familiar with his work anyhow. Mm-hmm. But my number three is Killers of the Flower Moon, which I'm sure will be on your list a little bit higher. But I mean, come on. Scorsese and Leo returning to collaborate yet again. Two of their collaborations are like in the top 25 for me. Like They're just... Really, really good together. Can I guess what they are? I know one of them is Wolf of Wall Street. Is the other one The Departed? Absolutely. Interesting. You know it. Um, Then the... Which, yeah, that actually is a pretty easy guess. Do you like The Aviator? I think it's okay. And I also think The Departed is okay. Not that great. If I had to pick two of their movies, I would, of course, pick Wolf of Wall Street. That's already in my top ten, I think. And mm-hmm. then uh, Gangs of New York, probably. Yeah, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. It's just yep. so odd. Such an odd movie, and I love it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but they're returning, and again, their films are typically very, very good. Mm-hmm. And Jesse Plemons coming in, and he's like the co-lead with Leo. Like, they changed their roles so that mm-hmm. Jesse would be, I think, the like protagonist in it. So I think this will be his Oscar breakthrough moment. I, I want to so, see man. him branch out of the like quiet, soft-spoken sociopath role and yeah. really blow up, let loose. 
So I'm it's hoping that'll that, happen. I think it's funny. There's best performance doing that other than Breaking Bad was uh, the what is it? It's Game Night. Really? <laughs> the, yeah. You, keep, you, so bring it, good. you bring it you up every time. You need to watch it. It's so <laughs> fucking funny. It is I such will a good at movie. some point. <laughs> you and I need to sit down and watch that movie because it is, it is such a good movie. It is absolutely hilarious. Yeah. But it's great. But ultimately, a Marty Western and the noir-esque detective story. I think it'll be quite good. We'll just have to see if it comes out in 2022 because <laughs> we yep. aren't confirmed on that yet. But if I it does, it it's already it's in post production. Like that'd be crazy if it's in post production right now and then gets pushed a year. Like that'd be insane. Right. Yeah, it's just worse that Marty, they haven't given the date yet. Yeah, I think he's still probably just going over the editing and just not willing to commit to a day right now. But I think he also knows he's old and will die soon and probably <laughs> wants to get as many of these because you look at his like, like what he's planning on making, like his upcoming directing things, and he's got the Roosevelt biopic with leo that he wants to make next teddy year. or franklin uh teddy nice and he nice. wants to he wants to make uh, an adaptation of another book with leo again and he wants he wanted to do uh devil in the white city with leo but i think he realizes he's too old and won't get them all in and so he's just trying to get them all in very very quickly i mean he just did the irishman and now he's putting out another one i think he wants to pump them out before he dies right. which i respect you know <laughs> for sure it is crazy that like so many of those 70s filmmakers like the behemoths are still kicking and still making movies they're getting their last ones in it couldn't be me man i think i'd give in in my 60s bro if i was like a, like a hit filmmaker like scorsese or something i'd probably drop out in my 60s and just be like that's it that's that's my work i'm done man all right what's I your just, number yeah. number three my number three is spider-man across the spider-verse i am well, um, stoked for it uh my <laughs> expectations cannot be tempered i just can't <laughs> that is the problem is i could be disappointed by it but i highly doubt it it just seems like they were so ready for it that it seems like they already had the idea in mind when they were writing the first one so and the fact that it is a part one of a two-part sequel is very exciting so like this is just going to be like the setup which is awesome it's true very true all right my number two is Babylon. Wow, I you're love, really stoked for it. I love Damien Chazelle. Man kills it. And as you said, I mean, the premise going from like early 1920s Hollywood, transitioning from silent films to the talkies, and they cast Brad Pitt, Margot Robbie, Tobey Maguire. Tobey Maguire is also will be in there. exciting to see. That's what I'm saying. Like, he hasn't acted for nine or something years other than, you know, the Spider Man that just came out. But this was probably yeah. his first full return. So like an clearly, actor, actor. yeah. So clearly something about the project excited him if this is his return. So I'm absolutely stoked for it. To be I fair, think he was one great. of the voices in the boss baby. So, oh, that's true. <laughs> A very critical role. That's just so <laughs> weird. If I, he's it's like, crazy. I will come in to do voicing for boss baby. He's so weird. He made. Pawn Sacrifice in 2014. Remember seeing that at the theater, the big cardboard cutouts for Pawn Sacrifice, mm -hmm. where he was Bobby Fischer? He did that in 2014, and then did nothing until Spider-Man, nothing live action. And then he just did Boss Baby in 2017. Like, he just dropped off the map. He also did the spoils of Babylon in 2014, which is funny because it's Babylon. <laughs> but the spoils of Babylon is like a comedy show that makes fun of just nothing. Like It's like a parody of something that doesn't even exist. And it's just... 
I don't know why I watched it. Almost when it came out. I must have watched it like 2016 and I watched it. And it's funny in a way that's like, like, it never had me on the floor laughing. But I just thought it was funny. And I don't know why. Like, it's such an odd thing. Like, it's so weird to watch. I never even heard of it. It's they Toby Maguire and Kristen Wiig play siblings who are like the heirs to like a big oil fortune and they fall in love. Like they're like brother and sister and they fall in love. <laughs> and, and like that's the Why? joke. <laughs> and it's based it's like it's based on a fictional book written by the fictional author played by Will Farrell and he's like the narrator. It's such a bizarre it's just so weird. It just like goes through like the time periods from like the thirties to the sixties. And it's just so Wow. Very, very odd. I feel like I should watch it again just because it's just so weird. And it's not so even that long. It's like six episodes. That means this Babylon is the prequel then. I sure hope so. <laughs> and then you and then you get to watch the spoils of it. Exactly. <laughs> okay, what is your number two? My number two is Asteroid City. Have Pardon? you know what that is? <laughs> Asteroid <laughs> <No>. <laughs> City. What are you talking the, about? I don't know if it'll be the final title, but I found out this title today. It's the current title for the next Wes Anderson movie. Oh, gotcha. It's coming He's out already already. About, That's insane. It's going to have Tom Hanks and Margot Robbie in addition to all of his normal cast. Like, they're I, beginning added into it. And Brian Cranston is coming back. He was already in um, Isle of Dogs, but he hadn't been in anything else since. But Brian Cranston is coming for a live-action one. And it's just supposed to be like an actual romance movie. Oh, it's, his, okay. it's his first straightforward romance movie. He's done it a long time, which is exciting. That is exciting. I still need to see... French Dispatch. I'll get to you it before do, the bro. Oscar stuff comes around, but yeah, this that's what I'm so lower, sad I missed. This would have been lower on the list if I had not fallen absolutely head over heels in love with French Dispatch. And it makes me, it just, it just reminds me that, because I Love Dogs was just so mediocre. Mm-hmm. And so this just reminds me that he can still put out stuff that's good. And so now I'm just, I'm on the Wes Anderson train all over again, bro. Right. Do you remember, do you remember, was French Dispatch your number one uh, for last year? Your most anticipated? Two. It was my number two. My number one was oh wait, most anticipated. I don't yeah. remember. I can I know it was it on the list. I think it might have been the number one. Um, but I'm glad that you're back in love with Wes Anderson. I'm still on that hype train, bro. Um, yeah. Gun and right. What's your number one most excited movie of 2022? My number one is look. We have already seen his track record. When it comes to movies like this. And we already know it's going to change the landscape of cinema like the previous one did. Like he's done before. It's Avatar 2. God damn it. Look, the original, I still like. I think it's good. Everyone started to turn against it for whatever reason. They're like, it sucked. It didn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. I still think it's good. And I still think it's a great experience. Like in theaters, I mean, come on. With the 3D, I still remember that day going in there, being in that theater, watching that film. And since then, I've been waiting for the sequel. And it kept getting pushed back and pushed back. But I believe that James Cameron will be able to deliver, again, the advancements he had to make for technology over this past decade, I think is a good sign that we're going to see something incredible, something we've never seen before. It's going to be another massive experience in the theater. Like I said before, I mean, I have some of that nostalgia from seeing it in 09. It's the follow-up to the biggest movie of all time. I mean, I am excited. I am so thrilled for it. 
can't wait to see it. Hope it will be incredible. Avatar 2. I'm just not on that train as you, man. I just, I don't know. I know a lot of people aren't, but I am. I was just never big on the first Avatar in itself, you know? Like, I liked watching it when I was a kid, but I didn't really get it. I didn't really follow along. I thought they were, like, weird things. Like, if they make love with the little connectors on their hair, and then they use that to, like, connect to the animals... (laughs) It could have different uses. You, you don't know. gotta, you gotta give me that. Like, come on, that's, <laughs> it could have like, different uses. There it could just be could have different been ways. Better. Well, okay. <laughs> they could have done something different for the love making, and then I would have fully believed it. But the fact that they like wrote in the fact that you connect to your animals using the little nerve endings at the end of your like hair, and then mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh, what if they just use that to have sex?" Like, I just feel like is that like is that part of what they do when they're having sex, or is that how they have sex? Like, is there... I mean, they don't have genitalia, so I don't know if, they, if that's how they actually cross their DNA over. Well, to don't another. they know? Do they not? Do they have genitalia? I mean, they wear the little loincloths. So maybe they do have genitalia. And that's just... I'm saying it, it could be a thing of like, like kissing. Like you kiss your animals. That's true. Maybe it's like just because so that's like an emotional connection because you're trying to emotionally exactly, connect yeah. the animals to ride them. All right, I'll give it to you. It's still just an odd thing to think about without like having the, the extended thought of. Like, right. I like, suppose. Like really thinking about it, but it's still, but like, I'll be honest. That, that, didn't, is like, huh? <laughs> that was not something that stuck with me of like, are they using the, their hair to have sex? And then they also do that with the animals. Not something that stuck with me. <laughs> so everything else around that, all the spectacle around that and the big epic story that was going on. That's what stuck with me. Mm-hmm. It's cool that and Sam Worthington's coming back, though. The man's it's weird. He, I said it's good. He, oh, it's good? Nothing. Okay. <laughs> that's he true. He had nothing for so long. He was supposed uh, to be like the next big thing and then just fell off the map after Avatar. Which is, yeah, stunning. I still think he it's like crazy that Matt... Titans, I think. That's true, yeah. He did have that. That Matt Damon was supposed to be <laughs> the main character and then he... Said no. What a fool. No, honestly, I respect that decision because you don't want to be like stuck to Avatar forever, bro. Well, I suppose, but he was like, he already had established stuff before then and after. And it would have just been, I don't know how long the filmmaking process was, but I mean, he had one thing in 09 and then you have Avatar 2. I think they already filmed three. They might have done four and five as well. Who knows? So, yeah, who knows? My number one most excited for a movie this year. You could probably guess it. You want to try and guess it? Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon? Killers of the Flower Moon, yeah. 100%. <laughs> the reason is because I read the book. Oh, like, is that? I read is it, it incredible? A couple weeks ago. It took me a week to read it. And it is beyond incredible. Wow. I'm going to loan you my copy and you're going to read it before you go see the movie. Book club. It is, it is insane. It is so much crazier than you think it would possibly be like it the fact that this is something that we didn't even learn about remotely at all in any kind of classes in any capacity is nuts to me because this story is so bizarre like it's just another example of you know white people encroaching on the rights of indians of course but it the way that they do it is just so brutally bizarre it just doesn't even it's just, I just can't believe it. It just doesn't even make sense. Like, 
reading it just gets crazier and crazier and crazier. And I just like, as I'm reading it, I'm picturing how Martin Scorsese will make it into a movie. And I'm like, oh, it'll be so good. It's a full on detective story. Like it is like Jesse Plemons is the detective and he is hunting out the clues to find the killers of the flower moon. Like he's like hunting it out. Mm-hmm. And so it is just so gripping in that way. And just the end of it is just so nuts to me. It's so insane. Yeah. I, I will lend you my copy and you will read it. Cause it Please is do. Just is it one of those so things good. though? Cause I'm scared. If I read it before the movie, will it be one of those things like we talked about before with Dune where, mm-hmm. or I think it was another movie as well that you said you had read it. Oh, Nightmare Alley, right? Mm-hmm. Where you read it right beforehand and then it changed your perception of the movie itself. My argument is no, and it's because this is a nonfiction book turning into a sort of biographical movie. So it's like, if they do change things, they are thinking about it more deliberately. Like, when you change things from a fiction book, you're thinking like, oh, how can I just adapt this into a movie? When you're taking like actual historical fact and you're changing it just a little bit, you're very deliberate about it so that you can still get across the clear message you're trying to. And I trust... Mark Scorsese and who wrote it? It's somebody that I also trust. Hang on. Yeah, pull it up. But this one, it's cause... it's Eric Roth who wrote Forrest Gump. So like, oh, he, wrote, yeah. he, also, he also wrote Dune, but <laughs> like the new Dune. But I still trust him to adapt this. I feel like he can do it in a way that is honorable to the message they're trying to do. It's also not like it's a very condensed story. It takes place in this one county. It's has very few characters and David Grant already does like as the author of the book, he does a very good job of making this a very linear storyline with few characters and then just like citing a couple instances that happen outside of those characters. Like he does a very good job of making it, turning it from a, a nonfiction book into a very sort of uh, like you're reading it. It almost feels like fiction because like mm-hmm. it's written in such a linear, this happens this way sort of way. And there's also a lot of stuff because it's a short book already. And there's already a lot of stuff that they could cut out because it's just giving background information on a lot of the people that are featured in it and like how they grew up and things like that. Like like he goes into how Tom White's character or Jesse Plevin's character, Tom White grew up and stuff like that. And so there's a lot of stuff like that that they can cut out. And also knowing Marty, it's going to be long. He's probably going to hit close to three hours. I'm sure. And they have the insane budget on there as well. Yeah. Like 200 million something. This is going to be one... Like, I, I think if it seeing as you said, the premise behind it, like the story of it is so crazy and uh, important. It seems like this one will do extremely well at the Oscars, I think. Yeah, this will definitely that next be. Year. I think this could be, be his send off. The Oscar draft. Yeah, I think this will be like Scorsese's, like the final thing that they appreciate. It. Yeah, that they show their appreciation for him and his whole career. I think this will be the one that they reward him with because yeah. it seems like it has all the ingredients to be just an incredible film. Anyhow, mm-hmm. he said the second he read the book, he knew he had to make it into a movie. So like he's been like, and the book came out 2014 or 2015. So he's been mulling over this for a long time. And it's a similar thing that the Irishman was also based on, you know, fact. And he did a very good job of adapting. Like, it's not like the best movie, but in terms of, taking fact and putting it into onto the silver screen i think he did a very good job of like transitioning that over in a way that does make sense and does work like i still think the irishman is good 
It's just not his best movie. And it wasn't the best movie that came out that year. And I think Killers of the Flower Moon has the potential because it's such a more condensed story. It doesn't take place over lifespans. It takes place over like a couple years, like the main story of it. And it takes place in a very small county with very few characters. And it's a very short book already. I feel like if he really went into the details and went into the weeds with it, he can really like hone down on the important things that happened and the important like details of this story and do really, really well with it. So I'm super, super excited for it. And just reading it, just reading it, it feels like a Mar- like the way it's written, it just feels like it was made for Martin Scorsese. Like it mm. just feels like the way that they the way that David Grant writes the book in terms of like leaving these good cliffhangers and knowing what information to leave out when so that he can surprise you with it later. It's just it's like you're there investigating this with David Grant as he's doing the research for it, or with Tom White as he's learning everything as it goes along. And that's just so thrilling. And I think Marsco says he knows that and he's going to capitalize on that. And I will say, maybe you shouldn't read it beforehand because <laughs> there's the big twist. Like, it's the twist yeah. of finding out who the killer of the flower moon is. And right. If you read the book, you're going to know. It's true. I think do I'm going to. you gonna... want that experience in the theater? I think I do. I think, especially for like a film like this, where it seems like Scorsese himself like also knows like this is going to be one of his big send-off films. I think I want to go in and just experience that without any knowledge beforehand. But then I will read it. I will read it afterwards. Because I'm sure it won't go into all the details. And it it is crazy. Like, it is a crazy story. Like, it goes... Like, I can tell you the the historical setup to it, which is these Indians are, like, millionaires. Mm -hmm. They have so much money. Like, they're the wealthiest people per capita at the time. They, uh, they have, like, millions and millions of dollars. And I think that alone is a crazy story. Like, the fact that these American Indians who have been subjected to so many horrible things got pushed onto this worthless land that just happened to have oil under it, and they just became millionaires. And I think that's a crazy story in itself. And, like, the, twi- like the turn that it takes is so dark and so horrible that it will make for a very good movie and a very, like, emotional and, like, impactful one. And so I'm very excited to see it. Because, right. I mean, it's just nuts. But yeah, I say wait to read on it so you can have that twist in the moment. Because I'm sure Marco says he will play that out in a very strong way. Like, I think he knows exactly how to do it. Nice. All right. The so book does it really well. Yeah, that's our... You know what sucks? I knew the twist before I read it. Why? I went on Wikipedia just to learn more facts about it. No, and it, no. just, it just says who it is. Like, it just says who the killer is. So don't go any, don't look up any facts about it because it'll just tell you. Because, you know, it's history. There, there's no suspense to it when you look up the facts. They just say, yeah, this person did this. And you're like, God damn it. <laughs> That's so and sad. Then, and then reading the book, I was like, oh, if I hadn't known and I was reading the book, like the way that David Grand builds up to it is just so satisfying and it's just so incredible and like suspenseful and crazy. So, yeah, I say wait. I say wait. I will wait, and we will wait on that film when it comes out later in the year, hopefully, at the end of 2022. (laughs) I sure hope so. All right, well, that's all the time we have. If you'd like to give your thoughts on the show or make suggestions for the movie of the week, you can email us at theboxofficeshow at gmail.com. Our main title theme for the show is Sundown by Joseph McDade. Be sure to tune in next week. Have a good one. Love you, Ryan. Bye.